This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this part two with Taylor DiNapoli, we talk about communication, relationships, and her creation of Think Tank. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Taylor DiNapoli. Keep on keeping on. Going to Rock of Ages, back to Rock of Ages, you also, you were in it, but you also were the dance captain. And that can carry its own series of um, trials and tribulations, so to speak, in terms of communicating, because you're not quite <laughs> the one who has choreographed it or a socio-choreographed it. Maybe some cases you are, but with being a dance captain in particular and communicating with the rest of the cast, any standout lessons, anything that come to mind? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so I did Rock of Ages at PCLO last summer. And if anyone who knows what PCLO is, it's their summer season where you literally have six days of rehearsal and eight shows, nine shows. And that's it. Right. Of the one show right. that you're chosen to be in. You're chosen to be in one. So before that, because I knew Stephanie... And I was in New York. She was doing a little bit of pre-pro, so she asked me to go because I was going to do Rock of Ages, so it's helpful for me to learn the basic material before she sets it on us in six days. Um, right. So, basically, as a dance captain, I was lucky to know some of the material before that because I wasn't dance captain before the show. Once rehearsal started, she knew that I knew some of the material, and I'd been working in her style for a while, so she, I was someone that she could trust, so that's why... She chose me. I believe so. Sure. Um, and and <laughs> she, uh, yeah. So uh, back to the question. That was just a little filler. Um, but back to the question. I think being a leader and a follower are two different things. And I think we learned that at a young age. And I think the term leader has a lot of different meanings to it. But with dance captain, I think it's someone that is very clear and doesn't walk on eggshells, but also doesn't cross the limit of uh, too forceful and too aggressive where people get a little threatened and intimidated. Um, I think it's a way of communicating with the cast and treating everyone as equal, which is helpful. And I think it's just staying on top of everything, especially in a short amount of time where you're worrying about yourself because you're in the show at, in my situation. So you're worrying about all these things that we set a show in six days and music and dancing and spots and costume changes. We also had um, uh, a quick change every single, I had a quick change every single song <laughs> and we would never in our dressing rooms because the whole song we had to sing off the side of the stage. So we literally were just running around like chickens with no heads for the whole <laughs> show. So like, on top of that, then making sure everyone is, doesn't have any questions, everyone's getting all the lifts right, everyone's getting all the dance steps right, and you're in the right spots. And if there was an issue with transitions, so it's just, it's a lot of work, but if someone is willing to put in the extra work and with a good mindset, I think that is my tip for dance captaining. That's, that's a great, um, it's a, you really broke it down, which I like, how much thought needs to almost go in but into each decision in terms of communicating right because you're communicating with the choreographer mm -hmm. you're also communicating with the cast you don't want to intimidate anyone but you also need to get your point across so they realize not to make the mistake again it's <laughs> it's almost like a balancing act so to speak 
Have, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> have you been in any particular shows or a part of any particular companies where you remember someone doing that exceptionally well? Does anyone come to mind in terms of great communication mm-hmm. in, in shows you've been a part of where you weren't dance captaining? Um, I would say specifically not with dance captaining. Sure. Captaining? I don't know. Hmm, it's a sure, word now. what it is today. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, certain choreographers that I've worked with that were just 10 out of 10 all around with communication, with clarity, with the vision that they wanted, being prepared, uh, being nice, caring for us, treating us as human beings. And it's just like, work with these people that are quote unquote leaders. And that to me is a leader that has kind of filled in all the check marks and they're doing their job professionally, but also being a great friend and colleague, but also doing, it's just, you know, the checklist. So I feel like, translate that into dance captain world that would create a great dance captain as well even though it's a different title yeah yeah and we talked a little bit earlier about this i'm curious you might have already answered this question but is there anything else you want to add on terms of your views with relationships in the industry as it pertains to you know professional working relationships yeah i think uh i'm passionately curious about relationships in the industry. Yeah. I am a people person, so I love people. I, I thrive on people. Yeah. So I know that I'm always cultivating people together and starting conversations with people. And it's almost like, for example, like during quarantine, if I was just like, you know, like I really just need to have a conversation about this topic in the industry. And then like, I'd be thinking that in my head, and then the next day, my friend would text me, text me, being like, "Hey, can we have a phone call? I really need to talk about this topic." So it's weird. I feel like I have like this weird sixth sense that like I'll be thinking of something, and then that person will reach out, and then we have a conversation about it. That has nothing to do with what you asked, but I just figured I'd throw it out there. No, um, <laughs> no I know because we will talk about that. We're gonna, we will talk about that. But continue. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, I would just say uh, I love people, and I love building relationships and making new connections with people. So I feel like it's second nature that naturally, I, I don't know, build, build relationships, yeah. meet people. <laughs> well, they're your best resource. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, that is, if not any other, any other uh, business to be in theater and general entertainment as a whole, the people are your best resources. I mean, there, you can't do yeah. a show without more people. <laughs> Exactly. Um, exactly. I mean, even the podcast alone here, like me talking to you or anyone else that I've talked to on the show, it's it's all about uh, the people. You know, it's about my conversations with other people who are achieving um, different things in their life, which I think is so interesting about our conversation today because this is a fantastic snapshot of you where you're at now. And I'm just, as a side note, very excited to see where Taylor DiNapoli goes in the entertainment industry <laughs> because it, it seemingly so much has been accomplished at this point and there's so much more to accomplish. So it's just, it's it's uber exciting. Do you believe in um, manifestation or meditation or any sort of those independent self moments? Yes, I do. I really do. Because... Okay, here we go. Here's the dramatic Taylor story that I tell all my close friends and loved ones. Okay, 
I was 17 years old. I was in high school. It was senior year. I had all these hopes and dreams to happen in 12th grade. So I would pray to the universe to show me a sign that everything that I'm asking for will come true. And I would manifest all these things out into the universe. And then I was like, show me a sign that I'm not crazy just talking to no one. And I would see the number 717 all over everywhere. On license plates, on uh, signs, on at the clock. Whenever I looked at my phone, it was 717. So I was like, okay, that's actually interesting now that I'm paying attention to that. So I had another conversation with the universe, and I was like, all right, I think I'm crazy. I keep seeing 717. Is this a sign from you? If it is, show me another sign. So then I just constantly kept seeing the number 17 everywhere. And I put a couple things together. One is my birthday is 717. So that's why I was like, ah, that's interesting. Um, My great-grandma was born in 1917, I think, or she made her Broadway debut in 1917. Fun fact, my great-grandma was on Broadway. So... She, she, something with 1917. She was either born or she made her Broadway debut in 1917. I forget. But so now all, I'm triggering all these connections, and then I go on to move on to my life. And the rest of senior year, all the things that I hoped and prayed for came true. Then I went to college. All of my dorm rooms had the number 17 in it, and like the dance rooms because I was on the dance team too. So we would have practice. There was like number 17, whatever. Then I go to Broadway Dance Center to do my program. My ID number had 17 in it. Then my house number, I'm not going to give my house address, but my house (laughs) number (laughs) growing up has the number 17 in it. Um, And then I, my dance studio, the zip code had 17 in it. And then like literally all these things. So now this is the freaky part that I don't know if you remember because we were in rehearsal process. So skip a few years. I keep seeing the number 17 everywhere. It's my birthday. It's my good luck charm. I even got a little tattoo of the little 17 on my foot. Um, but then flash forward to Aida rehearsals at Open Jar when it just opened. And I got a missed call. And I'm like, what? Who is this? Oh, this is actually, this is actually crazy. This is manifesting, eh, I guess, in a way, where I was having the worst day. I came into rehearsal my knees were hurting because we were doing all the pyramid choreography with the knee pads that Luis made us do. And my, I have really bad knees. So I told our stage manager, I was like, oh, my knees are killing me. And like, I couldn't walk and I was getting nervous and I had anxiety about my knees. So I was like, let me go to a clinic and get it checked out to make sure I'm not injured so that I can keep going on with the show. So I literally left rehearsal to go to the doctors. Had the worst experience at the doctors because they were just so slow and it was just I was stressed I was missing rehearsals whatever so I was having the worst day I like cried to my mom I was in the cab I was like having the worst day ever and as I'm seeing that I see the number 17 everywhere and it's the 17th it was mm, April 17th I don't know March 17th whatever and then all of a sudden I'm in rehearsal I get a missed call I'm like oh who is this I go to sit in like a window that overlooked Times Square so like this is like a magical moment and it was a voicemail from the producer at PCLO saying that I booked Rock of Ages and it was on the 17th. And it was just like a whole, a whole memory of, wow, I literally had the worst day and was crying earlier. And now this just turned around in like a split second just from news in the best way possible. And like that moment was just so magical. But like the number 17 was still there and to this day follows me. 
That's my big TED talk of the number 17. <laughs> that, no, no, no. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is, are you constantly writing down what you want and focusing on what you want out of life? Do you do like a, a vision board situation? Yeah. So I am very type A. I have my to-do list. I have my right. to-do list in the future. I have my vision boards on Pinterest. I have so many things where I jot down what I see because I, I like to think I'm a visionary. Like I could see something and I can make it happen. Yeah. So whenever I have like a vision of like where I see myself, I'll write it down and come up with some notes on how to accomplish it. But I've learned to do that with a grain of salt because in the past it was detrimental because I was putting so much pressure on myself to accomplish these things. Cause I was like, well, I put it on the universe and I have to get it done by this time. And if I don't, then blah, blah, blah. So it turns into like a whole spiral of pressure. But now it's like, Oh, I really would love to do that one day. Let me do a little bit to help that. And if it happens, great. If not, it's okay. More than meant to be. So I would say, yes, I do drop down a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> do you have, do you have favorite books? You know, I wish I did. Okay. I have a very low attention span when it comes to reading. I sure, could read sure. like a few chapters and then put it down and then forget about it and then read another chapter and then forget about it. <laughs> right. I right. did read some of the books that you told me to get last year. Um, the, 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 in your 20s. The Defining Decade. Your 20s and why they yes. matter. Yeah. Yes. I started point. that. I should probably bring it up again and read it. But that you know what though, <laughs> that's a good point though. That that's the best part about that book is it's so it's so divided by thoughts that you can pick it up, read one chapter, and meditate, so to speak, on it for a week or a month before you move on yeah. to the next one because it's very it's very section sectionalized. Yeah, those are my favorite types of books to, that I can uh, pick up whenever and just read it. Yeah, yeah. I um I want to talk about um think tank. Your, mm -hmm. your creation. What what was the mm -hmm. what was the decision behind creating it? What is it? Where can we find it? All of that good information. Okay. So, my best friend and I, Adam Modeski, he's also a performer in the city. Um <clears throat> we did the professional semester together at Broadway Dance Center. And we were friends. We weren't super close, but like we got along and we liked each other. He's great. Um, and then we kind of lost touch for a while and then we reconnected on a project that we did for Carla Garcia and we started dancing together more and taking classes together more. And we, we just both had the bug to create. So we got into a studio one day and we were just playing around and we were like, ah, I wish there was a space where we could just get together with friends and just create and play. I was like, we know so many people now and we have so many friends that just love to dance, but all there is are dance classes, which is great. But we wanted something to just have no pressure and, like, create in a safe environment. So we started this in 2017. And we basically just rented a studio at Alchemical Studios uh, on 14th, I think it's on. And uh, me and Adam taught our first class. And we were just like, whoever shows up, shows up. $5 at the door. And just playing and creating in a safe environment. And we would just kind of film it like a fly on the wall. And that was our first class, and we kind of were going into it just kind of blindsided, just like, this is what we want. Yeah. So then we had friends start to come and teach and do it, and then we started posting on Instagram, and we made our Instagram and started posting stuff. And then out of nowhere, it just kind of took off after like two months of just posting on Instagram and people showing up and believing in us and really actively creating a positive environment, Adam and I, and the choreographer agreeing to cultivate that as well. 
So basically, from then until now, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing, and we're open to change. It, our mission will always be our mission, which is creating in a positive, safe environment, creating community, uh, collaboration, and creativity. So that will always be our mission, but it's how, what is needed in the dance community in this moment and how can we help is kind of our motto at the moment. Um, so what it turned into before quarantine was <laughs> we would just have someone come in, teach a class, someone would come in and film it like a fly on the wall, no pressure, not three, three of the best in the whole class, go. Like, right. no, it wasn't that. It was just like a collaborative with the camera and capturing the precious moments of the class and just like almost like a like a yoga class or a meditation class where you're just like ah like you feel rerouted you feel re-sparked you feel excited you feel inspired so I feel like that's what was going on before this we were teaming up we have been teaming up with a lot of people to do certain projects like with Stephanie Clements through Katie's art project I know she mentioned that in your podcast yes um when you interviewed her, but uh, yeah, so we collaborate with Katie's Art Project. We collaborate with Christina Belinsky, who started Classy Clothing Swap. So basically, it's like a big thrift, st thrift store at the dance studio, and then you take a dance class, and then you have a wine mixer. So it's like a big fun thing. So we just are always there to, if someone has an idea, they come to us, and we can help use our platform to help it happen. Um, and then now things are different, obviously. Yeah. And me and Adam had a very interesting process. First of all, Adam has been booked and blessed for like the past year and a half because he's so talented. So it's been, uh, Adam doing Think Tank from a long distance on a cruise ship and me doing it in New York City. So it's kind of been a uh, big teamwork up until today still because he's in Texas now during quarantine with his family. Right. Um, so we keep having these Zooms and phone calls of what is our importance during these times? This is in the beginning of quarantine because this is when all of a sudden everyone started teaching virtual classes. Instagram blew up with Instagram Live and everyone was like scared that they weren't going to be dancing because the reality of quarantine hit. So everyone was just posting on Instagram about dancing. And we were like, you know what, let's take a step back. Let's kind of be a fly on the wall, see where the energy is going in with dance online and then we'll formulate our own quarantine routine. So we kind of sat still for like a month and then we realized, all right, here's the things that we need. One, people want to dance still, which is good. Two, people want to create and keep creating in, in new ways. And three, people just needed a place where artists and dancers just get together and chat. So we created uh Sunday Soul Sessions, where we had, like, Al Blackstone, who I know that you interviewed. Yes. Uh, we had Liz Pacini. We had um, my friend that does workouts for dancers, my friend that does meditation. So, like, it was basically what you would expect it to be, where you just sit, you learn, you talk, you ask questions, or you do, like, um, an exercise, like, meditation practice or something. So it was just bringing artists together to be human. So we really loved that what we did so we're proud of that um and then wednesdays were creative flow wednesdays where we did something a creative prompt on instagram so somebody could just we would tag like three people and make it a challenge and then they could do the challenge if they'd like and then fridays were just uh, 
Friday happy hour where we were just having someone host a class on Instagram Live or Zoom, and it would just be a fun dance class for an hour. So that's what we did for a majority of quarantine, and then things got even crazier during quarantine, and we now this is where we're seeing our importance as in the community where people came to us during quarantine because they needed to feel that same feeling that we gave them when the, before quarantine. Right, right. So that was like a moment for us to be like, oh, okay, so people want us and people need us and we're still providing that space and energy. So we're like, all right, how can we make a difference, a genuine difference in our community through the Black Lives Matter movement? So what we're doing now is we reached out to so many friends and familiar faces that are artists in our community that are black and uh, basically sent them an email with information on um, sending a picture of themselves as which best represents them as a black artist. And then they answer a questionnaire, which are three questions. And then uh, they, we post a video of their talent and then we just have been sharing daily each artist a different day. And it's been so inspiring and uplifting, but also truthful it's just so powerful and for me to see that is great but also i know adam and i are proud of all of our friends that are coming and speaking together about this so um yeah i mean during times of tragedy and chaos art always is there so i think it's just in a new way this time and that's basically the evolution of think tank i'm probably leaving leaving a few things out but Basically, if you want to know more about us, you can find us on Instagram at thinktank underscore NYC. We are working on a website, so that will be launched soon. But uh, yeah, we basically run our business through Instagram as of now and constantly changing and evolving. I mean, it's beautiful, Taylor. I think it's wonderful you've created that and how you're using the platform to educate and help evolve the world, even in theater, arts, you know, and dance. Because this, it goes back to like that great quote, which is like, you're the change you wish to seek, you know? That the change you wanna mm-hmm. see, it comes from you, and it starts with you. And I think that's fantastic. I think it's fantastic, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, the links to that will be in the, in the, the bio of this, of this conversation. This, this has been a really great, really great chat. I, I, I know you and I, I knew you, but I did, I didn't realize that I didn't know you and your background and what really keeps you, keeps you moving forward. So I appreciate you for, you know, deep diving into, you know, your thoughts and feelings that, um, enact action within you. Yep. Thank you. And thank you for chatting and being here, asking questions to all these awesome people that you've been interviewing for entertainment x and i think i'm grateful that i'm here chatting with you on a wednesday in the summer heat i know i know i know who knows who knows what the future will be but uh we keep creating we keep educating and keep the conversation flowing which i love before we before we officially wrap up here um metaphorically speaking, and I know we touched on a bunch of themes today, so maybe something comes to mind. Metaphorically uh, speaking, is there a word or a phrase that you would put on a billboard for millions of people to see? Hmm. Ooh. Oh, this is a hard one. This is going to make my brain spin. (laughs) 
Hmm. If I had to put one word on a billboard. It, and it doesn't have to be one word. It can be a sentence, a short a story. Phrase, a it can be a changing billboard as in follow think tank underscore NYC and... <laughs> It can be it can be whatever you feel. Oh, you know I would just say at this moment love with a bunch of art around it that reminds people of love or that connects love or spreading love. Just like a big artwork of love on a billboard because I think that's what the world needs is more empathy and more love and in all ways possible. And I think that would just help in so many ways. Yeah. And that's just like a simple thing that I can think of right now because I am sure I could think of 10 different things on the billboard. Yeah. But yeah, I would say love, spreading love and growing with love. And I love that. And yeah. it's always necessary. It's always needed. It's certainly always wanted. So yeah, it's beautiful. Always. Um, yeah, and you know what? And then on the on the flip side of that, in the bottom corner, we could put the number seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> <So much> bigger... <laughs> <Hashtag> seventeen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I love I love that I love that I love you. Thank you for chatting with me today. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap on up? Just a big shout out to you for doing what you do, and oh, I you. wish you the best. And thank you. And this is so lovely. And everyone out there listening, keep on keeping on <laughs> spreading love. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Taylor DiNapoli. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 